Welcome to Agents of Nothing, an episode-by-episode recap and analysis from the perspectives of a veteran and a new recruit. Now, a quick word from our sponsors. Good morning, Agents of Nothing, and welcome to our Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast. We are your commanding officers. I'm Mariah. And I'm Caroline. And today we're going to be talking about Season 2, Episode 16, Afterlife. Yeah. So, Mariah, how was your week? It was all right. I I feel like there's not much to talk about. But today I got to do story time at work, like reading the actual books to the kids. That was fun. That's so cool. My boss took, like, we have to take pictures for, like, the library's Instagram and stuff. Mm -hmm. And my boss took pictures and I was like, you got to send those to me because I want to post them on Instagram too. (laughs) (laughs) That's so cute. Aw. I love that you're a librarian. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not a librarian. I'm just a page. A librarian has to have a master's of library sound. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But you know what? We're going to manifest it. You can do anything you want. (laughs) Move on up through that library. (laughs) Oh, so how was your week? Um, it was pretty good. On Sunday, the restaurant that David works at had um like a lunar New Year celebration that I got to go to, so that was really oh. fun. They had like the dragon dance and everything. It was beautiful. Uh plus it really pays to be sleeping with the chef because I got a major <laughs> discount. This is a super fancy place and it like <laughs> We got literally half off, and it was still, like, 70 bucks for two people. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, you know, perks. <laughs> Does he have to wear a hairnet over his beard? No, but only because he uses... So he, like, he braids it. I We've talked about this before, I'm pretty sure, but for anybody who doesn't know, um, my boyfriend has a very, very long beard. Like, it's, like mid-thigh length. Um, He's been growing it out for nine years now. And so he braids it, like, really tight, and then, like, folds the braid up and clips it up, and then he puts a bunch of, like, bobby pins and stuff in there to keep everything, like, down. So, and then he keeps his hair in a really tight bun. So he does a good job of, like, pinning everything down so i don't he doesn't have to wear a hair net for that or a beard net (laughs) (laughs) all right well now i know now you know (laughs) it's my super short show yeah so let's get into it this episode was written by craig titley and directed by kevin hooks mr titley The Art of Evolution poster for Afterlife by Dave Johnson highlights the divide within S.H.I.E.L.D. and the alliances on each side. With Coulson in the middle, Agents Gonzalez, Morse, McKenzie, and Weaver stem from, quote, the real S.H.I.E.L.D., while Hunter, Fitz, and Simmons stem from the other. Interesting that they only have Hunter, Fitz, and Simmons on that side. Where's May? Yeah. Maybe it's supposed to be open-ended. Like, what is May going to do? Right, is what's she her gonna decision? Be on the board? Please. There's no fucking way. There's no fucking <laughs> way she's going to join their board. That's the stupidest, like, possibility I've ever heard. <laughs> I was going to talk about that later, but there's no fucking way. <laughs> uh, so, who do we meet in this episode? Um, so, we meet Lincoln, uh, who is an HRT specialist, uh, a transitioner, if you will. Oh, okay. I was like, what? Hormone replacement (laughs) therapy? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Okay. That's what I was thinking of the whole time. They, They kept saying transition, transitioner, and that's what I was thinking the whole time. So. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and then we also meet Jai Ying, uh, Mommy? Sorry. Mommy? (laughs) (laughs) All right. So let's get into this. Okay. So we start this episode off strong with Coulson and Hunter stealing a car together. (laughs) (laughs) 
I loved this opening, actually. It was so just like out of the blue. I loved it so much. And I was going to say that it's okay that they were stealing this car from the salesman um, because the salesman was an asshole. But then I started to think about it. And, like, really, he was just assuming that Colson was an asshole. And that assumption could only come from him constantly having to sell cars to other assholes. So he's really more, like, asshole adjacent. <laughs> Poor Eddie. I felt bad for him. I know. <laughs> <laughs> The license plate on the Jeep that Hunter and Coulson stole was from South Carolina. This was a nod from writer-slash-producer Craig Titley to the state, where his best friend works as a professor at Lander University. Aww. Titley travels to South Carolina every year for the Lander University Film Festival, where he acts as a judge and guest speaker. That's so cute! Wait, I'm gonna cry! Isn't it? <laughs> Aww! <laughs> It's us! It is! That's exactly what we would do! (laughs) (laughs) That's so cute. It is. I love Titley. Okay, Craig (laughs) Titley... Hang on, wait. I hate the name Craig, so we're only going to refer to him as Titley. Never mind. Okay. (laughs) Mr. Titley. Mr. Titley. He's cute. Okay. So, moving on. Um, Sky wakes up to, like, a weird acupuncture studio thing. <laughs> I I tried acupuncture once. Only once. Yeah. I, I have a fear of needles, so I had to try so hard to just not look at them. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Did it, like, do anything for you? What did it feel like? Um, it didn't really feel like anything. And I feel like at the time, I, I've, I felt like it did something. I can't remember what I went there for but like it it didn't feel like anything until I looked at them oh and then I was like like, oh my god there's a needle in me there's a needle sticking out there's a needle (laughs) yeah I can only imagine I also don't look when I get a tattoo so (laughs) I get that I have every now and then but it depends on like where I'm being tattooed. Like, if it's if I'm being tattooed in a spot that already hurts, then I can't look because it exacerbates it. But if it's in a spot that I can't feel it as much, then I will watch it, and it doesn't affect me. It just feels like... It, I'm just... It's like I'm watching a YouTube video. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so uh, in this acupuncture studio... Gordon is there immediately when she wakes up, um, but he doesn't explain anything before he leaves. For example, why she can't move currently. <laughs> that was interesting. They never did explain that. Yeah, no. Now that you mention it. <laughs> they were just like, you'll be fine in a few minutes. Excuse Are me. Are we supposed to just assume that it was like because of the electric currents? I guess. But it, they never said... They never said. Weird. Very <laughs> weird. But, so then, Lincoln, uh, the transitioner, enters, and I already feel like this is a new love interest, simply because he has, like, the young, sexy dude voiced. As opposed to the old, sexy dude voice, and we all know the difference. Yes? I feel like it's obvious, but I could be wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Lincoln is so cute he's so cute (laughs) (laughs) also i feel like the young sexy dude voice is just australian actors faking american accents maybe every time every time no because because for me it's like it's like and i i know this is not a reference that you are personally going to get but um for me it's the difference between like Jensen Ackles in seasons one through three of Supernatural, and then Jensen Ackles season three through fifteen, um, <laughs> because he had like his little his little baby voice in the first few seasons, and then all of a sudden, at a certain point, he was just like, "And now I'm gonna talk like this," you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's a choice. <laughs> But, like, I remember they, like, literally went back and re-recorded one of his iconic lines that would, like, play in the, in the like, um, recap part. 
because he was like, I didn't want to sound like a baby anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, okay, moving on. (laughs) Um, Lincoln is very bad at answering questions, though. Literally every question that Sky asks him, he throws out a completely unhelpful metaphor. (laughs) But I think the gist is that he is performing the... these procedures that are necessary for Sky to transition post mist um, as quickly and painlessly as possible. He does not explain what these procedures are, or how long they take, or what they're doing exactly. <laughs> but he sure is doing them. <laughs> and when Sky asks how long it will take because she's worried about her friends and she wants to go help them, he just says, "You're the one in danger." <laughs> Thank you, but that's not what she asked. That's great, Lincoln. Thank you so much. <laughs> so, Morse and Gonzalez are walking down Coulson's shield base. Like, fucking go back to your own facility, you asshole. I hate that. I go hate back that they, where you come from. They just, like, took it over. And for what? Like, why? You did not have to do that. <laughs> it's all so unnecessary. Literally. It's so beyond unnecessary it makes me i was so mad this whole this whole episode uh speaking of (laughs) so morse is defending sky's actions to gonzalez who refers to sky as that thing Uh, i i have no words for how angry that line made me oh my god Morse says she's not a thing. She's a shield agent. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> she also clarifies that Calderon fired first. So it wasn't Sky's fault that she had to defend herself. Obviously. But Gonzalez says she was armed and hostile. Fucking where? What was she armed with? <laughs> she just put her hands up. Like what? What do you mean? <laughs> Bobby is not nearly angry enough for my liking. Truly. I said in the last episode that I hoped she would give them the what for, and she very much did not give them the what for did in this episode. not. She just, like, sent, like, gave them dirty looks, basically, but not even to their face. <laughs> yeah, and it, it was like, you are not nearly angry enough that one of your friends, this person that you are defending, was shot at with a real gun right by your people after you told them not to and this is supposed to be a democracy right y'all are supposed to listen to each other and they blatantly did the exact opposite blatantly ignored her like how are you how are you not like seething i i don't understand it makes me so upset yeah okay so Gonzalez goes on to accuse Colson of, quote, collecting powered people and says that they just need to get into the toolbox. And so they need Fitz. Fitz and Simmons are watching someone else working on opening the toolbox and quietly discussing how to do so. Gonzalez starts off trying to flatter them and call them the ones that got away. If only Colson hadn't beat me to recruiting you. Oh, my God. That's very convenient, isn't it? Uh-huh. <laughs> Simmons' response is short and respectful, but cold. And I loved it, actually. And she asks, what's so important for him to get out of the toolbox anyway? Fitz says, maybe it's Fury and Coulson's favorite recipes. <laughs> maybe so. <laughs> He's just a little stinker. <laughs> he is. So Gonzalez alludes to asking Fitz to attempt accessing the toolbox uh, because he doesn't actually ask him no (laughs) and simmons says simmons asks if saying no will get fitz locked up like may was gonzalez says there are no prisoners here you're shield agents except may apparently (laughs) and sky yeah like sky was that thing five minutes ago Mm mm-hmm oh but but there are no prisoners because you're all shield agents yeah okay That's very easily proven wrong, you asshole. (laughs) Morris explains that once they are cleared and debriefed, everyone is free to go whenever they want. So Fitz says that he will go pack his things. Simmons suggests that maybe Gonzalez should have brought cupcakes like Coulson did for Weaver (laughs) uh, before she walks off as well. 
Moore says she admires their loyalty, but Gonzalez says they're loyal to a man, not to S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> you are not S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> I hate this man so much. Like, they just decided one day that they they were S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. And then told nobody. Like, if, if you want to say that you are S.H.I.E.L.D., go tell Coulson. Go tell Coulson, hey, I'm the director now. <laughs> I was literally thinking on the drive home from work today, like on my own time, not watching the episode, not recording, not, I just, just fuming about it in my own head. (laughs) Like, if they thought that it should be a democracy, why not come to the acting director and propose these changes? Yeah. And then take action right. if he says no yeah I, w- I would almost understand if colson had shot them down and they decided to like make their own organization right. but you just made a new organization and you're calling it shield and you decided that you're the real shield right you're not <laughs> and then stayed secret yeah. so like how are they supposed to know how are they supposed to know that like you're the person they're supposed to follow now you didn't tell anybody and it's like it's like they can't even claim that it's the real shield because they're running it the same way that Fury did or the same way that it was run in blah, blah, blah year when it was founded or whatever. They can't claim any of that. They just made a new organization. Like, this is a brand new organization that is running differently than S.H.I.E.L.D. has ever run. Right. What exactly makes it the real S.H.I.E.L.D.? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I hate him so much. It just makes no sense. It's like, like he didn't think about it for more than a, a quarter of a second. Oh my god. Uh, okay. And how is it that a council of very smart, very, like, experienced people just all came together and came up with this. Yeah. They were all like, yeah, no, this makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, moving on. (laughs) We could literally talk about this all day. (laughs) Um, so Coulson and Hunter arrive at the cabin and see the wreckage in the surrounding forest, including a busted security camera. Inside, they watch the footage and see everything that happened, including Sky getting taken by Gordon. Hunter is shocked that so much happened in the week that he was gone, i.e. Sky's power is getting stronger, Gordon taking Reyna and Cal, etc. And Coulson just looks defeated at Gordon taking Sky as he says, I've lost her. I cried. I cried right there. But also, <laughs> I thought of this after. I had to go back because um, I thought about it later. They found that security camera like on the ground, all busted up, but it was very much like still standing post quake uh, because it was there to see Gordon take Sky. So, like, when and how did it fall? <laughs> That's a good point. Plot. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe there were multiple cameras and one of them fell, but that one was still standing. I don't know. Maybe. Um, so Lincoln checks back in on Skye, who is up and moving around, but itching to get in touch with her crew. Lincoln says that only Gordon is allowed to have access with to have contact with the outside world. And then he leads her to the window and introduces her to what they call the afterlife. Uh, um. Afterlife. I've been I've been waiting for this since the start of season two. I have been waiting for this. <laughs> I feel like there's something that you've been waiting for in every episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how it. That's how it like goes at at the in the second half of every season. I'm like, oh, when is this gonna happen? Oh, when is it going to happen? 
but apparently Gordon is the only person who knows where the afterlife is and the only person who knows the way in or out. Lincoln says that this keeps them all safe, but Skye says, doesn't that keep them all prisoners? Thank you. In The Things We Bury, Cal told Whitehall that he wanted to reunite with his family in the afterlife. (gasps) This episode revealed that he was talking about this sanctuary and not the life after death, literally. Oh my god. Wow. You remember that? I do. Wow. Look at them go. That's some Swifty and Easter eggs right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <clears throat> and we uh we're gonna talk about Jai Ying later, so okay. <laughs> yeah. Um so as Lincoln and Sky walk around this Chinese ish looking town. Lincoln continues to explain that everyone there is free to leave whenever they are ready. Lincoln is only there when he's needed to help transition somebody. Some people come in when they just need a safe place to stay. It's mostly a way station for people like Skye. However, none of these people's transitions would go anything like Skye's. Lincoln says that all of these people are descendants, and they come to the afterlife to learn and be evaluated while they wait to hopefully be chosen to transition one day. But only one person gets chosen every few years. And to be chosen by a diviner in a Cree temple, like Sky was, hasn't happened for millennia. So yeah, Sky's likely to get a few dirty looks. Sky asks if Cal or Reyna are there as well. And again, Lincoln does not answer her question, (laughs) but says that she is protected here and no one is going to hurt her. And I, I know I'm talking a little shit, but I really, I really liked that scene a whole lot. Um, We got so much backstory. I could listen to Lincoln's little hot boy voice all day. (laughs) Um, And also... The scene, the scenery is so bright and colorful in these scenes. It's like, it's such a nice change from like the dark contrast, heavy shield facilities. So I just, I liked it as like from a visual standpoint as well. Yeah. So concerning the introduction of Luke Mitchell as Lincoln Campbell, executive producer Jeffrey Bell stated that meeting Luke's character is just setting up a new dynamic. We're taking Sky into a group with a whole bunch of different people. So far, we've seen that there's a guy with no eyes, and there's a woman who is now covered in thorns. And as in the X-Men world, there are a handful of people who look more like them, but a lot of them turn out to be just attractive people with powers. <laughs> and we thought, hey, let's have some of those as well. <laughs> we were yes, looking please. for a new character. <laughs> we were looking for a new character to come on, and Luke just really impressed us. He was a good actor, had a nice quality, and we felt he might be a good person to sort of usher Sky into this other world. A.K.A. new love interest. <laughs> <laughs> but they're right. He was, he's, I think he's a good addition to, to the squad. Yeah. So, Gonzalez interrogates May about Coulson, but she says nothing until she says that Coulson and S.H.I.E.L.D. are the same. Yes, May. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> yes, May. Morse is watching the interrogation go down from the garage, and she is clearly starting to question her own loyalties. <laughs> Gonzalez says that Coulson should be on the index with Sky, and that May should, quote, put them down like she did in Bahrain. Isn't that why they call you the cavalry? She doesn't like that nickname! <laughs> ah! But... <laughs> More and more teases about what happened in Bahrain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did see that the next episode is called Melinda, so I'm very excited to watch that one. <laughs> I'm very excited as well. <laughs> I might even watch it, like, when we get off. <laughs> so May says that Colson will find Gonzalez when he's ready, because... Colson is the one man you can never put down. Truly. He comes back to life every single time. <laughs> <laughs> so, Colson and Hunter are having a drink in the cabin. Well, Hunter is having a drink. Colson is spiraling just a little. Hunter starts to badmouth Morse and Mac, 
and then Gonzalez, but Coulson is trying to be empathetic towards them. He knows that they're good agents, just trying to do their jobs. He says, I was dead. I shouldn't even be here. And Hunter says, everyone has their bad days. (laughs) That was so funny. It was. Hunter is starting to win me over. See? Okay, I told you guys. I told you guys. You you were thinking of like later seasons Hunter when you are were like appalled that I didn't like Hunter. <laughs> I'm still right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. So early Hunter sucked. <laughs> but then he got better. Slightly. <laughs> but Colson just feels stuck because it doesn't feel like he has any good options right now. So Hunter says, then it's time for a bad option. And we'll talk about that later. (laughs) Um, So Morse is talking with Simmons, trying to get her to convince Fitz to help them with the toolbox. Morse promises her that they will all leave and things can go back to normal once Gonzalez can determine that they're all on the same side. Simmons is tempted, so she gives Morse a hint. It's not a tech solution, it's a lab solution. Simmons inability to cope with change is something we see over and over again Mm -hmm. and I love that (laughs) I love that this this sweet lovable adorable character has these kinds of flaws yeah that at this point in the episode we think that she's willing to give up this information just so things can go back to normal right and that tracks with the Simmons that we've come to know. Right, because she has been just afraid of all of these new normals that keep coming up. And she just wants that stability. Wrong field, honey! (laughs) Right? (laughs) However, it does help your theory that uh, she is autistic. Yeah, it does. (laughs) That was one of the points that I made, I think, in that TikTok. Oh, okay. The one that I wasn't allowed to watch. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm getting it. I'm, I'm seeing what you're seeing. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, so, back at the afterlife, Lincoln shows Sky to her room. Gordon has brought all of her things from the cabin, including Simmons' inhibitors, which Lincoln, of course, asks about. Sky says that she was only trying to help. Um, and Lincoln explains that Simmons was trying to work with human biology, but Sky isn't totally human anymore. He also makes it clear to her that this transition is irreversible. And why she would think Gordon would help her get rid of her powers after the conversation that they had is beyond me. <laughs> but anyway, um, Lincoln asks if she could just stay for a few days until she can feel more in control and until things settle down in the outside world. At the cabin, Hunter is awakened from his drunken stupor by engines outside. Coulson says he invited Gonzalez's shield, um, and he plans to hold out for backup, but ultimately to steal their Quinjet. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. Of course he does. I guess he figures, you know, we stole a Quinjet from the Air Force. We can probably steal it from the other shield, too. Yeah. And they do. Yeah, they sure do. Honestly, other shield probably stole it from Coulson anyway. So he's probably just taking it back. (laughs) No, for real. (laughs) Now that you mention it, what the fuck? (laughs) Give me back my shit. Gonzalez. Let me get those. But Coulson says, don't worry, this place was built to withstand a Hulk. Let's just hope they didn't bring a battering ram, because then we'll only have an hour. Fucking what? (laughs) The Hulk gets taken down by a battering ram? (laughs) No, but the cabin can. (laughs) Yeah, I guess. (laughs) Clark Gregg's comedic timing is so good. Literally. It was so funny. Honestly? He was like, let's just hope they didn't bring a, boom, battering ram. (laughs) I know. I feel like I just want to, like, 
hang out with Clark Gregg for like a whole day just to like listen to him because he's so <laughs> funny. <laughs> he seems like the coolest dude. Yeah. Come on the pod, Clark. Come on the pod, Clark. <laughs> So, Morse goes to talk to Gonzalez as he is overseeing Coulson's apparent capture from afar, of course. Um, <laughs> and he tells Morse that Coulson triggered the alarm. Morse is confused. Coulson would never do that by mistake. So, he's obviously like calling them. And Gonzalez is like, eh, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> okay. He's so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Lincoln is showing Sky around, taking her to some surprise location. Sky asks about a building that they pass, and Lincoln just says, Oh, that's an old transition room. We don't really use it anymore. That's suspicious. That's weird. <laughs> Red flags going up. <clears throat> But he brings her to a beautiful mountainous vista and tells her to show him her gift. Skye's hesitant since she has it on the authority of a Cree himself that these gifts were meant to be weapons. Also, I would not want to show that gift at that spot either. You know, it could like literally crack the earth. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> but instead... Uh, Lincoln shows her his gift, which is, I guess, electricity? And he lifts her feet off the ground and spins her around and makes her crazier. Crazier. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, but he says that he nearly burned the place to the ground when he first got here. And now he can fully control it and he no longer has to be scared of this gift. So in this scene, I don't know if it's the lighting or what. But Chloe's lipstick is way too pale for her skin tone. <laughs> and it makes her look like she's sick. <laughs> and she's a beautiful woman. She is. And I'm like, just just a little bit of tinted chapstick. And that could have... <laughs> like, I don't understand why they picked... Because there's no way... I know that there's so much makeup on people who are on TV shows all the time. Like no yeah. one ever has her no one ever has their natural lip color. Right. In a scene. I I'm, I'm very much assuming this, but I'm pretty sure I'm right. <laughs> so like this was a choice. Why did they choose that shade? Yeah. That's a weird choice. <laughs> Maybe it was like because they kept telling her like, "Oh, in a few days you'll feel better." So maybe she is supposed to look sick. Maybe. Because that's, that is the transition, you know. I would accept that. That'll yeah. be my headcanon. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so Fitz is still packing up his bunk, including a picture of him and Simmons. When Fitz is packing his stuff, he takes down a selfie of himself and Simmons taken at the Incan archaeological site in Peru in season one's 084. Stop! I didn't know that it was from then. <laughs> yep, it's a selfie. It's so it's, it's so cute. I love them. <laughs> anyway, so so he's packing up his bunk when ugh, Mac shows up. And tries to convince Fitz to stay and be part of this other S.H.I.E.L.D. team. And he calls Fitz Turbo, but Fitz says only his friend Mac can call him that. Thank you, Fitz. <laughs> and Mac reveals to Fitz that Simmons is currently working on the toolbox without him. So Fitz goes over to the hollow table and watches Simmons work. And he realizes why she would be doing this. But I don't! <laughs> <laughs> That was good. Thanks. That was good. <laughs> so Colson and Hunter only have a few more minutes before the door gets broken down. Colson admits that his backup is only one agent since there are so few that he can trust right now. And honestly, at the moment, I thought that he was talking about May or or Simmons or somebody. I don't know. <laughs> um, I thought Simmons was going to like do something from... From S.H.I.E.L.D. 
But he pulls out his briefcase, which is full of modern Howling Commandos gadgets made by Fitz and Trip. So sweet. I know. So as the soldiers make it inside, they are distracted by a hologram of Coulson and Hunter playing cards until the real Coulson and Hunter shoot them all with icers. <laughs> Was the one agent going to grab Coulson by the head? Literally. Like, what the <laughs> fuck? His hand went right through the hologram's head. He literally just, like, smacked him across the face. <laughs> Maybe they would have. Maybe. <laughs> They were like, we're so mad at you for doing what you were told to do. <laughs> um, so Sky and Lincoln run into Gordon during their walk. Um, Sky asks G- Gordon if he will give a message to her friends that she's all right. He says he'll ask, but he doubts that he'll get permission to do that. So she asks about Raina and Cal again. And Gordon says that he can't divulge their locations but she doesn't need to worry about them. Which, again, is not answering her question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So after Gordon leaves, Lincoln explains that he has to ask permission from the elders before he does or goes anywhere. Um, And that Sky's situation has those elders afraid for the secrecy of their afterlife place. (laughs) Speaking of Cal... He's in the same room before with lots of demolished furniture and the walls covered in blood from him pounding his fists against them. Gross. Disgusting. (laughs) So Gordon appears and Cal demands to see Daisy. He tries to fight Gordon, but Gordon just disappears and reappears so that Cal just keeps punching the wall and the floor, re-injuring his hands over and over again, which was hilarious. (laughs) Um, and Gordon says that Cal's lack of self-control has jeopardized everything that the elders have built here at the afterlife. When he said, you will not. (laughs) Men yelling on this show is so funny. It is. It's so, like, it's so, it's silly, you know? (laughs) Because everybody else just, like, is menacing with, like, their, just how they are being. And then when they try to yell, it's like, what are you doing? (laughs) Stop that. (laughs) Quit it. (laughs) Um, he says that Cal has sealed his own fate as well as his daughter's. What the fuck does that mean, Gordon? (laughs) (laughs) So, Coulson, back to Coulson, his genius idea was to steal armor and try to sneak onto the Quinjets and take them over. And they immediately get caught. <laughs> I loved that. <laughs> that was so, like, Scooby-Doo of him. <laughs> Back at S.H.I.E.L.D., Fitz goes to confront Simmons in front of everybody and asks why she's helping them. She says that she just wants all of this to be over and to go back to normal. Fitz is incredibly frustrated that everyone here seems to just keep making decisions based on fear. Fear of the unknown, fear of powered people, fear of what could possibly be in this little black box. And they all prove him right by raising their weapons at him when he picks up that little black box. (laughs) (laughs) And Fitz asks Simmons if she wants him to leave. She says that they have a duty to S.H.I.E.L.D. to perform their responsibilities no matter what. So if he can't do that, then yes, maybe he should leave. So Fitz stalks off. And I was so convinced that they were faking this fight. I literally wrote, was this real? (laughs) (laughs) I knew it, and I was right. (laughs) You were right. Um... Coulson and Hunter get escorted onto the Quinjet, but just then, Coulson's backup appears, Mike Peterson! That's my baby! Yes! I literally said that out loud, because I couldn't remember who the backup was. <laughs> and then I saw the hand come over, and then I was like, wait, is it? Is it? Is it? Yes! <laughs> I had no clue who it was going to be, honestly. (laughs) 
But I liked his, like, one fingerless glove. Good touch. <laughs> it was very, like, Hannah Montana of him. <laughs> <laughs> so Mike takes out all of the S.H.I.E.L.D. agents, including the second Quinjet full. And Coulson introduces him to Hunter, and Mike offers to get the plane in the air for them. And Coulson made him an agent and gave him lots of upgrades. I love this for him. I love this. And he seems so much happier. Yes. Yeah. Precious. Um, when Hunter asks Coulson why he didn't just tell him who their backup was, Coulson says, truthfully, I just wanted to see the look on your face when he showed up. Priceless. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, Gonzalez tells Morse that Coulson does have another powered friend, plus help from Hunter. So, he orders her to bring him their last hope, the bus and May. While Lincoln and Skye are, like, just hanging out, Lincoln accidentally lets it slip that Reyna is, in fact, there at the afterlife. Okay, but before that... Sky and Lincoln are so flirty already. Yes, they are. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Me too. I hope he's not a Nazi. Has she had? She hasn't had a love interest. Well, I guess Trip kind of. Yeah, sort of. Well, I think she and Trip were friends. Yeah, they just were friends who like flirted, but in a, like a friendly way. <laughs> yeah, platonic flirting. I do it all this the is, time. This is like her first crush since since the Nazi. And I'm really happy for her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but unfortunately, he ruined it. So Skye is pissed that he lied to her. But Lincoln says that he was trying to protect both of them as they go on their own paths. Skye doesn't think that Raina deserves the same care, though, since Raina has killed people. As Sky is getting more and more angry, the earthquake starts and she makes her way to that suspicious old transition room. Raina gives her whole villain speech while Lincoln tries to tell Sky to leave. Sky is so angry that she starts making Raina quake instead of the world around them, which we didn't know that she could do, I don't think. I guess you could kind of guess that she could, but it was crazy. It was well, Very interesting. <laughs> um, Reyna would be happy to die right then, though, because she fucking hates this. <laughs> when suddenly a woman enters from outside and yells, Enough! Now, see, when women yell in this show, it's a little different. <laughs> yeah. It's not nearly as silly. No. <laughs> she sounded like she meant it. Yeah. Yeah. She meant that enough. <laughs> And it's enough to snap Sky out of it. Um, Sky tries to convince this woman, Jai Ying, that Reina doesn't belong here. She says that Reina has killed people and therefore cannot be one of us. But Jai Ying says that Sky, quote, could have killed people too. I feel like that's kind of proving Sky's point a little bit, though. <laughs> because Sky could have killed people but didn't. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Sky threatens that she will not stay here if Reina is there. But Jaying says that's up to Sky, but should she stay, Jaying has chosen to be Sky's guide and to teach her to control her powers. Sky and Lincoln are both shocked as Lincoln brings Sky back to her room. Is that her mom? <laughs> I don't know how, but I feel like that's her mom. <laughs> I don't know. Oh my god, it's her mom! It's her mom! How is it her mom? <laughs> like, I... I'm still... I'm... How? I... I, I have no word. How? How the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought that he... I thought that Whitehall left her, like, broken <laughs> for dead. Just, like, scraps of her in the desert or whatever. And that was like the whole point. But if she's alive, then what? Then why was Cal so mad? <laughs> I don't know. Um, 
So Jiang and Gordon visit Cal in his room. And Cal says he swore that he would find Daisy, and he did. Jiang cons- confirms that Daisy is their daughter, but she gives him a firm no when he asks to see her. <laughs> the no sends me every time. Yeah. She, she just <laughs> looks straight in his eyes and goes, no. <laughs> <laughs> I love people telling Cal no. <laughs> consequences for your actions baby (laughs) (laughs) i hope this isn't a spoiler i can't remember if they ever say it but jeffrey bell explained in an interview with the hollywood reporter that jaying who was murdered by dissection in the earlier episode the things we bury is still alive thanks to her husband cal stitching her back together which allowed her healing factor to revive her Oh, I don't think that they ever said that, or so far, at least. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I hope they don't say it in a future episode, and I'm like, well, I spoiled that for her. Yeah. But I was very confused. Thank you. I'm glad you told me. I was like, There's- what? I thought that was, like, the whole thing. It was the whole thing. This is a plot twist. <laughs> They have those sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I guess they do. <laughs> um, so, Gonzalez goes to see May at the other S.H.I.E.L.D.'s ship. And I don't know why, but the way that he, like, closed the door behind him with his pinky was so funny to me. <laughs> He's a lady. He's like, let me hold this gun with, like, three fingers and then use my pinky to close the door. (laughs) Um, Gotta hold your gun like a lady. (laughs) He's like, I have manners, okay? (laughs) I went to etiquette training. Um, so he starts telling May about the gun that he's holding and how it belonged to his father in World War II, and it was used to kill over 100 Nazis. He then slides the gun over to May and says, if she thinks that he's a traitor, then she now has the opportunity to take him out once and for all. As she ponders, he offers her a seat on the other S.H.I.E.L.D.'s board so that, quote, when they take Coulson in, he'll have a strong advocate on the board when they decide what to do with him. May slides the gun back, assuming that he would never have given her a loaded gun, but Gonzalez shows her that there were bullets in it. He says he believes in S.H.I.E.L.D. and we can't afford to be enemies to each other. I feel like we can, but that's just me. And this was all so avoidable. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> it's so ridiculously avoidable. <laughs> As Gonzalez's speech continues, Fitz leaves the base on his own with Simmons, Mac, and Morris there to see him off. Gonzalez finishes his speech by asking May to help defend S.H.I.E.L.D. from falling again. <laughs> he says something about presenting a united front or whatever. It would have been united if you hadn't decided to start your own thing. Literally. Like, you are the one who started your own faction. <laughs> It's like that meme of the guy on the bicycle, and then he sticks a, like, stick in the spokes of the bicycle, and then he's like, how dare the other shield do this to me? (laughs) Yes, literally. (laughs) Um, so, then, Agent Peterson, I'm so happy to call him that, um, gets the plane to autopilot, and goes back to talk to Coulson and Hunter. Peterson has been following Hydra's uh, Hydra leader List for six months now and has found that List has a new interest in powered people. And since the no-eyed man is now connected to Sky, Cal, and Reyna's disappearances, it's only logical that Hydra would know of him too. So Coulson's bad option to help them find Gordon is none other than Grant Ward. Oh my god. That's disgusting, and I hate it. (laughs) (laughs) 
dun, dun, dun. literally i literally paused it and i was like that's disgusting it's so gross why why is he back i hate it i hate it i hate it <laughs> Ugh. and now it's time for the post content content Simmons gives her final verdict to Mac and Morse about the toolbox. She says that there is nothing more that she can do to try and open it. Without Coulson's DNA, it's just a worthless piece of junk. I knew they were fake fighting! They had a plan the whole time! (laughs) (laughs) Fitz takes a cab to the airport and checks his bag, and he pulls out the real toolbox! I love when people underestimate Fitzsimmons. They really use it to their advantage. (laughs) They do. And he pulls out a prosciutto mozzarella sandwich. I knew they still loved each other. And then he sniffs it and he says, with a hint of pesto aioli. (laughs) And then he's so happy eating his sandwich. It was the best, the best shot of the whole episode. (laughs) He finally got to keep it. Yeah. I'm so happy for him. <laughs> there was no one to throw it in a ditch. Yeah, and now they're about to bring that guy back, and I'm so mad about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Okay. There was All so right, much. well, overall thoughts. What are they? What you got? So here comes the fucking redemption arc, I guess. I knew, <laughs> I knew it would happen, but I still hate it. I hate it so much. Uh, this episode made me so mad. <laughs> God. Me too, I guess, because I was thinking about it on my way home from work. <laughs> You're still stewing about it. <laughs> I'm, like, yelling at Gonzalez in my car. Like, it would be a united front if you weren't so <laughs> stupid. <laughs> You fucking asshole! What are you doing? (laughs) The car in front of me thinks I'm yelling at them. (laughs) Oh my god. Okay. What are you... Do you have any other final thoughts? (laughs) I don't. That was it. That was it. We're mad. (laughs) We're mad. We're big mad. We're so mad. And with that, that concludes our episode on Season 2, Episode 16, (laughs) Afterlife. Next week, we'll be covering Season 2, Episode 17, Melinda, so stay tuned for that. I'm so excited. Okay, bye. Bye, love you.